you're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right in the middle of it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves. Hello, everybody. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Reeves. Today, we have Brady Raggio, the owner of Battleborn Preps, as always. And then we have a special guest, Lynn Alt, the PA announcer at Demani Ranch, Demani Ranch Insider, and uh, youth pastor at Hope Church. But you all probably know him. He's out at many games and uh, out and about in our community. Lynn, Brady, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Mike. Thanks for the opportunity. This is really exciting. We're going to get into our... Yeah, thanks oh, for... Sorry, uh, Brady. Thanks for showing up, Lynn. It's, it's good to have you, you. We're going to get into our recaps of last week. Uh, what we really thought was going to be our battle of the week was uh, the Reno Huskies traveled to the Spanish Spring Cougars. The Cougars came out on top. It was 24-19 to 19 in favor of Spanish Springs. Brady, you and I picked Reno. Uh, that was the wrong pick, obviously. Uh, we had a close game either way. But, Lynn, would you have picked Reno or Spanish Springs just uh, hindsight 2020 obviously you know the score but do you lean one way or the other last week yeah I definitely would have picked Reno as well I did see Spanish Springs play seven on seven this summer and I was really impressed by what I saw but you know the Huskies it seemed like they really had a lot of momentum going into the game a lot of great offseason work um, I, that game's probably not indicative of where the standings may finish but for now that's definitely a feather in the Spanish Springs Cougars cap well, it was it was a good game. I unfortunately had to leave a little bit early, but that was that was one that I know we all were excited to see. The next game that we saw last week and predicted, um, this one Brady and I disagreed on. It was the Jesuit Marauders traveling to the Bishop Minogue Miners. Jesuit came out on top, thirty to twenty-three. Brady, I know you had some thoughts on that game because there was a couple of big, huge runs that it could have been the difference in Minogue winning that game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a great football game. I, I think they were matched pretty evenly. Jesuit's a good program, uh, you know, all, all sports. I mean, it's a good school. Uh, they came up. It was pretty evenly matched. Jesuit had huge plays. They had a 70-yard run. They had a 76-yard pass. Uh, those were the difference, and, and Minogue turned the ball over a couple times, but – at the end of the game, Minogue had a chance to tie the game. They got a fumble on the on Jesuit's six-yard line, recovered it, and had four plays to punch it in for a tie and, and couldn't get it done. They kind of backed up uh, with a sack. And so it was it was just kind of – you could tell that – I thought it was going to be one of those games where Minogue would tie it up there at, at late and uh, pull it off. But they looked better than they did the first week. Uh, so I'm, I think the, the game this week is going to answer a lot of questions when they travel to Sparks and play Reed. Now, Lynn, you're the Damani Ranch PA announcer, and Bishop Minogue is a rival of Damani Ranch. So it's a team that you closely follow as well to see are you guys going to have an advantage on any given year or disadvantages. Uh, coming out of the gate, Minogue being 0-2, any thoughts on that one? 
not terribly surprised. The, the level of competition that the Miners have faced this year is extraordinary. You know, Bingham, at the time, seventh-ranked team in Utah, now Jesuit, as Brady was saying, a tremendous program from, from California. That's a difficult task for any team. And the Mustangs find themselves in the same hole. They're 0-2. Will both these teams finish this way? Probably not. But, yeah, at, the, at, the, at this time, they're both looking for that first win. Well, we move into our next game, and this one, we didn't have a ton of information, but the Senators showed up, and uh, the Carson Senators played the Calaveras Redhawks and won 14-0. to The interesting thing about this one, Brady, I don't know if you were able to catch this, there wasn't a score in the game until the fourth quarter. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that, but uh, I know Carson, uh, just from – seeing some stuff on Twitter from, from Carter Eckel, who was covering the game, uh, was playing great defensively. And, and Calaveras is a smaller school. Uh, that's why, that's why I, uh, I picked Carson there in that game. I knew they were kind of a smaller school from San you know, Andreas down there uh, in the gold country. So I think that you know, Carson was probably bigger, stronger, and was able to, able to shut them out. So that's why I picked them. But uh, – Carson's definitely need to put up more offensive points uh, in the north here if, if they want to get some wins. Now, Lynn, um, I know that you saw Carson in seven-on-sevens already this year. They, didn't, they had some performances that were admirable. They had some that, you know, you were wondering what kind of season they were going to have. Uh, so far, Senators are one and one uh, Any takeaways from either of those games? Because you have a 35-0 where they lost. And then you have a 14-0 where they won. Yeah, that opening Sutter one, they were ranked 171st in California. So that's that's a decent team that they're playing. But as Brady just alluded to, uh, Calaveras ranked, I think, 706th in California. So that level of competition, that's that's you expect them to get a win there. We move to our next game. The Damani Ranch Mustangs traveled to Lodi to play the Lodi Flames. And the Flames came out on top, 48-27. Now, Lynn, I'm going to start this one with you because you know the Mustangs a little bit better than both of us. Uh, Lodi is one of those teams that, you know, you don't think one of the powerhouses in California, but Damani Ranch has a lot of injuries and uh, is is having some uh, some difficulties getting on the right track here in the beginning of the season. Uh, what did you hear from the Mustangs? Well, you know, there's a lot of pride, a lot of tradition in the program at this point. But yeah, when you're battling as many injuries as they are, and not only injuries, in the first game, Michael Venezia, the uh, returning tackler, the leading tackler on the team and in the state last season, uh, you know, he was excused from the game in the first half, so he had to sit out the Lodi game. Yeah, I mean, you want guys to step up. The Patriot way, you know, to quote Bill Belichick, you always want that next man up. Uh, but at this point, they, they're having a hard time finding the next man up to take that spot. And then we look to our next game, the Douglas Tigers. They played the Vanden Vikings. Uh, I, I open the floor to either one of you. Uh, the Van and Vikings took care of the Tigers in 32-10. to 10. We didn't have a ton of statistics on Vanden, but we mm. did ranking-wise pick Vanden on both games. Do either of you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, Vanden Vikings out of Fairfield, they're, they're a good program. Uh, I, I mean, we both picked Vanden to win that game. Uh, that game was on Saturday uh, on Twitter. I, you know, I know they were, uh, Carter Eckel was tweeting it out uh, and kind of going, you know, quarter by quarter and stuff like that. And, and his assessment was very much outmatched. Uh, Douglas was outmatched in that game. Uh, you know, Vanden's a good program. So, Really no surprise there. I don't think it's really indicative of how Douglas is going to play up here in the north in terms of, uh, you know, I think Vanden would, would be a favorite to win this league up here. So I think it was a tough game yeah. for them. So uh, I think they're going to be all right. And, uh, you know, kept it close, but they were kind of never in that game. You know, Brady, I, I would say they should get some credit for keeping that game as close as they did. We look to the next game um, on our sheet. The Galena Grizzlies were at home, and they beat the Wooster Colts. And when I say beat, it was a pretty pretty good win for the Grizzly uh, the Grizzly program. Grizzlies won fifty to thirteen against the Colts. Brady, I know you and I had Galena. I had them by twenty eight to seven. Uh, ben Primka has been a player so far this year. Uh, do you have any stats on him? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think this game, I know you were there, Lynn, so uh, you saw it firsthand, but, uh, you know, it's good for Galena. I mean, they had a rough year last year. They got off with a couple of wins here to start the year. They're 2-0. Uh, they're going to be running into some stiffer competition here uh, in the next few weeks ahead, so we'll see how it plays out. But right now they're 2-0. They should be enjoying it because they didn't get a lot of wins last year, and, you know, there's, there's some pride in that program, and see how Coach Cook is, is hopefully turning around. And, and the quarterback plays huge in high school football. You get a good quarterback in there, uh, as we've all seen, uh, can make a difference and, and lead a team. You know, it's very, very much it's important. If you have no one that can throw the ball, then the defenses just stack up for the run and shut you down. They're not worried about the throw. So Galena's is definitely improved and better, so we'll, we'll definitely uh, – Look forward to seeing where Now, Lynn, go. I forgot you were even at the game. I'm, all these weeks are starting to blend together, and that happens as the seasons go along. Lynn, give us a breakdown on that game because I know you were there firsthand. Yeah, Coach Cook's done a great job. I I like what I saw with Primka, with Sizz, uh, Kermode, the sophomore skill position guy. He looks really good. And they look like a complete team for the first time in a while. You know, the defense looked good, the offense looked good, the special teams looked good. The guys were in the right positions to make plays. They didn't have to call timeouts to get the right personnel on or off the field. So definitely, Coach Cook's hard work is now starting to pay dividends. Wooster was overmatched, though. That's a tough, that's a tough matchup for a Wooster Colts program. Definitely a tough matchup. We turn to what was a real tough matchup. The McQueen Lancers traveled to Rockland to play the Rockland Thunder. Rockland won that one 27-7. Brady, uh, obviously coming, uh, being born and raised in the Bay Area, you know the Bay Area well, um, and you know some of the Sacramento teams well. And then Lynn Alt, you've seen Damani Ranch uh, play Rockland quite a few times over the past five or so years. Uh, I open the floor to both of you. Uh, a, what can we see from the Lancers and start to expect from them? Because they are 0-2 and, and we're not seeing kind of the gelling that we'd hope to see at this point. And then, um, and then as far as Rockland, are they just continuing to be a powerhouse that they always are? 
Go yeah, ahead. hey, let me encourage fans. If you have the opportunity to travel out of area and go watch your team take on someone like Rockland, do it. Uh, Rockland is a great place to go watch a game. It's a rocking stadium. They've got a great uh, sound system. They have a lot of food options. It's just a really, really great setting for a high school football game. They are really, they're a strong program. And I remember when Damani played down there, it was a tough game. And then when they came up here for the return uh, game, it was, wasn't quite the contest that Rockland was probably hoping. That was Cade McNamara in his prime, throwing touchdown passes to Drew Jacobs. But yeah, Rockland's a great program. So I wasn't surprised by that outcome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I remember the year Damani went down there. I think Cade was a junior at that time and, and brought him back kind of in the second half. Uh, I remember talking to Gary about that. Uh, and so, you know, we both picked him, uh, Michael. We both we both picked Rockland to win that game. We, we pretty much saw that happen. And McQueen, you know, it's, it's tough on them right now with the 0-2 start, you know, new, new coach, uh, lost a lot of players. But... Uh, you know, now, you know, I, we'll see where they go. I think they're still a good, you know, they're a good program. They got some good players uh, and, and they've, they've kind of been traveling, you know, first two games kind of on the road stuff, playing pretty good teams. So uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll be looking forward to getting back Northern Nevada, playing close to home and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. Now we turn to the next game. Um, the Reed Raiders traveled down to Churchill County and uh, they played the Green Wave. They came out 34 to 28. Lynn was talking about the great experiences out of town. Uh, Churchill is no different, but a lot closer here in northern Nevada. Um, one thing that I have said, whether it be our countdown to kickoff series before the season, and I've said all throughout previously to last year, um, the Reed Raiders just there's a lot of adversity in that program that they know how to overcome. You look at their their games last year. They're they're losing to Spanish Springs in the regular season, then they're beating them in the playoffs. You know, they they have the ability to grind out these close games, and that was one where Churchill was up at at certain points of that game. And uh, Brady, uh, we knew that was going to be a lot closer than what the classes indicated but the Nevada rankings had them real close yeah for sure I mean when we when we discussed this game last week I even said I wouldn't be surprised if if Churchill pulled out a victory just because we picked Reed but uh as the 3A division goes they're at the top in the north for sure uh they'll play for state championships every year them and Elko are really the two strongest teams in the north and uh they're just a good program and they were traveling out there the whole you know big crowd town you know that it, it's a big deal out there they support they support their high school really well i've seen it in basketball at the state championship level uh you know they have you know police escorts back into town the whole town's out there so it's a little different little different ball game out there but great fans it's a good program but you know reed to come out with that victory early in the year on the road is a big deal it was a big deal for them and I think it's going to be indicative of where they finish this now, year. Now, Lynn, I know you and I have discussed it. One thing that Reed has really seen a return to their program, um, you know, with pandemic and certain different factors playing into this, but they have numbers this year. They have really grown their numbers and have a lot of guys coming out. Uh, how do you think that helps a team like Reed? 
Oh man, to have the depth is fantastic because you you look at like what Damani's working through right now with injuries to some key players, and then the guy who's coming in maybe isn't really big enough to fill those, those shoes or athletic enough to fill those shoes. But you don't really have anybody else, so he's going to get that playing time. You know, if you're a team like Reed and you've got a, a second guy and a third guy, and there's not that much distance between them and that first stringer. Yeah, that's going to pay huge dividends for a team because everybody's going to struggle with some injury issues through the year. And so if you're able to rotate guys and maybe prevent some of those injuries, that is huge. Well, we are going into our second portion of the podcast to where we're going to talk about predictions and we're going to kind of preview the games coming up this week. So similar to our last uh, segment, we're just going to kind of discuss them and go from there and then at the end make predictions and go on to the next games so first game on the docket and we're going to determine which will be our battle of the week after we do all the games our first game on the docket lynn i know you're going to be at this one um and it's near and dear to your heart the faith lutheran crusaders 2-0 taking on the damani ranch mustangs who are 0-2 brady i'll open the floor to you and then lynn after, please uh, fill us in on anything you know about either team. Yeah, so Faith Lutheran traveling up here. It's a it's a good program. We've already seen that to start the year. Uh, they're two and zero. They beat you know beat Reed down there thirty seven to thirteen, which was a pretty convincing win. Uh, you know their quarterback. They got a good quarterback in Ryan Walter. Uh, having a good year so far so and, and a good running back I think I'm predicting that Faith Lutheran wins this game I know uh, Damani is their, their injuries are a huge factor for them right now they're missing some key players uh, we've talked about that but uh, I got Faith Lutheran winning this game yeah you know this is going to be a tough one for the Mustangs the Reed Raiders had a lead at the half and then that second half of that first opening contest down in Vegas was just a completely different affair. Um, appreciate the quarterback that you mentioned. That running back is a sophomore that they're using this year, and I think he's fifth in the state in rushing. They have four guys on offense averaging more than 35, 35 or more yards per, uh, per game. So it is going to be a really good test for the Mustangs' defense, which has struggled this year. That was, has been well-documented. Offensively, you know, you got Cooper Anderson. Drew Vargas isn't going to be back yet this week, but word is Jet Norman will be back. So that's going to help that defense. That's going to help that offense. Uh, DJ, DJ Gonzalez-Brown was banged up the last two weeks. He's feeling better this week. So if you have any idea, if you think I would possibly pick Faith and then sit in that booth and look at everybody, you're crazy. Mustangs! They're going to get the upset. <laughs> do you have a score to that, Lynn? Yes, I do. 37-35. Ooh, we're going to get to see some kicker play here. And Joe Brown will be back for the Mustang, speaking of kickers. Or maybe even a safety. But I am going to go. I'm going with Brady. I'm going to go Faith Lutheran. I'm going 35-28. I think, uh, I think that Drew Vargas injury is a tough one. And, uh, you know, we talked about depth earlier. Uh, I think it's just going to be tough with these injuries. The Mustangs are kind of at that point where, okay, what happens? And I don't want to wish this upon anybody, but what happens if Jet comes in 
and the injury isn't fully healed, and then he's yeah. out, and then, you know, we're dealing with depth issues. So I, I do have to give Faith Lutheran the advantage there. I'm going 35-28, and we will move on to our next game, which this one is the reason we're picking our battle of the week at the end of all the games is because this week it's kind of tough to choose which will be our battle of the week. Miners of Bishop Minogue will be going to the Reed Raiders. The Miners are 0-2. The Raiders are 1-1. Brady, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this is right up there with the game of the week if I had my vote. So uh, I think this is this is going to be a really good game. Uh, I saw the Miners play last week. They played a tough game. Reed played a tough game over at Churchill County and pulled out the victory. Uh, just me, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bishop Minogue is 0-2 with their back kind of against the wall. And I think they come in to Reed, and I think they pull this win off. Uh, Ernie's familiar over there, uh, comfortable and, and kind of, you know, kind of, you know, back homecoming for him playing there. Uh, I just think Bishop Minogue pulls this game off and gets their first win of the year. They're too good a team, uh, too talented, too many players, uh, too many playmakers, uh, not to not to get a win under their belt after three games. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Brady on this one. Uh, you know, Bishop Minogue is a really good team. Logan is a fantastic quarterback. Joe Hill, a defense that has both size and speed. They're too good to start 0-3. It's absolutely no disrespect to the Reed Raiders, but Bishop Minogue is a really good team, and Ernie is just probably – he's the best coach in the North. I absolutely love what he's doing at that with that program. So Bishop Minogue gets this one. I, I agree with all of your predictions. Um, I'm going Bishop Minogue as well. Um, the thing that I don't want the Raiders to take away from this is they do have a good team. Uh, you know, we talked about Spencer Firebaugh, who is lead, uh, leading the league in rushing. Sorry. And uh, Reed also, they have the most offensive yards so far this season. And uh, a big factor, big, big factor is uh, Zach and Damian Taylor. Um Two two players that I'm I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about much this season, but uh, I I opened this question before we move to the next game. I opened this question up to you guys. With Ernie Howren being away from Reed for a while now, I think it's been five plus years. Uh, he's in his sixth year at Minogue. So, how does how long do you think that that going back to your old place takes to wear off? like that being a bigger game or that meaning more either one of you uh i don't think it really ever does because you know he was there for a long time but it, you know as you go through if you're a player if you played on different teams or if you got to another level and you played professionally i think that always going back to where you played or you know if I was if I was coaching a team now and we went down to my old high school and played, it would be, a, it would there would be a different dynamic to it, you know, just because I didn't coach there but I played there, you know. I think I think it's definitely something that's on his mind. I, I don't think, I mean, he definitely wants to win. He wants to win every game, but you know, going back to Reed and stuff and the legacy left there, there's there's definitely something to it. Lynn, yeah, you know, there's definitely it would take decades to answer your question, Michael, because. Reed's the type school, and I love this about the Northern Nevada communities. 
you have like the kids who play and then you have the kids of the kids who play and it becomes a generational thing. And so guys that played for Ernie will be sitting in those stands in a few years with their kids playing on that field. And so when Bishop and Oaks comes, yes, of course, going to be talking about how, oh yeah, back when Coach Howard was here, he was my guy and we won the North and we got to play, you know, Bishop Gorman for the state title and it was really exciting. Well, I know uh, this is going to be a great game. I, as I said, predicted Bishop and Oak. My score was 42-14. to 14. Lynn, I didn't get yours. Ooh, a score for Bishop Minogue at Reed. Let's go 35-28 minors. Okay. We head to our next game. The Basic Wolves, what a, what a name there, are coming down to Carson. They will be playing the Senators 1-1. One one. Uh, Brady, I know that we have some background on the Wolves. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, you know, Carson's traveling down there. Uh, this is definitely not like traveling to Calaveras uh, and playing them. I think uh, a Basic's a good team. Uh, they got a good quarterback. Uh, running game's really strong. They have a couple good receivers. Uh, and their defense pretty stout. I mean, they're the 21st-ranked team in Nevada right now. But, uh, I, you know, I got Basic winning this game against the Senators. I think uh, I think they're I think they're – a quality team, and I think they're going to overmatch Senators. Plus, Carson's traveling down there to Vegas. So, uh, I think that plays out. Uh, Brady, we have we have uh, what will be sure to be a very good game. It actually is. I, I have to correct myself. Uh, basic, basic is actually coming up to Carson, Brady. So, I'm correcting you. Sorry. Yeah, oh, Basic's okay. coming up to Carson. So, Lynn, with that being in mind... Senators don't have I'm to still, I'm still sticking with basic. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Brady. Too much basic for the Senators. They're going to have big numbers. I looked at the roster. They have a lot of kids out. So even though they'll be dealing with some altitude issues, they're going to be able to rotate guys in. I would say basic 42-14 over the Senators. You took my pick. So I'm going to go 45-14. Um, I think I think the Senators do have a lot to look forward to this year, um, but I think that the Basic Wolves are a pedigree of that type of team that can handle them. Um, I think it's 45-14, and we head to our next game. The next game, and let me tell you, as, as many of you all know, we're all in all the time, so we're going to switch the order up a little bit because there's been some reschedules and we'll touch on those as those games come up but our next game we're actually going to be touching on is the foothill knights are traveling to the galena grizzlies here in reno foothill is one and one galena is two and oh brady uh i know you had a son that played at galena so i'm going to open the floor up to you and then lynn you covered galena last week so please touch on it guys yeah, so Foothill, we travel and playing at Galena and, and uh, from Southern California, right, Santa Ana area. So, uh, I mean, with that being said, I, I think Foothill, they're the 149th ranked team in California. So when you put that in perspective, it, it, it's pretty good. It's, there, it means they're, they're a pretty solid team. There's, there's a lot of high schools in California. So when you kind of get there, it's, it's, it's not that bad of a ranking. 
Uh, their quarterback is. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they rely on their quarterback much, but they 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 have a good running game. They got some receivers, some athletes. I'm just going to think that Galena is going to be overmatched in this game. Uh, I, 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 Galena's two and zero. They're off to a great start, but they haven't played anybody that that's going to show up and have the kids and the athletes and the bodies that that uh, that Foothill will have. And I just think Galena takes their first loss this week. Yeah, you know, I love being at Galena last week, Michael, Brady, uh, seeing the stands full, the band, the cheerleaders. I hadn't seen that type of excitement at a home Grizzly game in years. So I'm super excited to see what's going on there. Foothill was a playoff team last year. They finished, I believe, 10-2. and two. They're a good program. I just think that it's going to be a, too much for the Grizzlies to overcome. I, I see it probably a, a two-score game, close going into the fourth quarter, something going Foothill's way because you have battle-tested guys. And Galena still has some young guys. Kermo, he's only a sophomore. So it's really difficult to expect younger guys to come through in those difficult late-game situations. So, yeah, I think Foothill probably closes it out. Mike, let's go 28-15 to 15, Foothill. A two-point conversion in that game comes into play. Um, I am also, I am also taking Foothill. I think uh, Foothill's got a lot of talent. Uh, Brady was touching on those rankings. You know, California having so many teams. When you start getting into the hundreds, it doesn't mean you're a bad team by any mark. Um, I'm gonna go Foothill twenty-eight to seven. Um, I think. I think Primka's had a phenomenal start, and and we're going to touch on a segment later, but I I think Primka has really shown to be big so far this year. Uh, He's he's got five touchdowns and no interceptions, so, I mean, doesn't get much better than that after two games. Uh, Like I said, 28-7 Foothill is my prediction. The next game we go into, as of right now, they will be playing Friday night. The Grant Pacers are 2-0. They'll be traveling to Reno to play the Huskies, who are one and one. Uh, Brady, any thoughts on Grant? Yeah, well, we saw Grant. You know, we saw Grant beat McQueen forty-two to nothing. Uh, that should tell you something right there. Uh, they have a, a good senior quarterback and Joseph McCray. is six hundred yards, seven TDs, one pick. Uh, they have three receivers they use. I think it's a big game for the Huskies. Uh, I think Grant uh, comes comes up here and gets the win against Reno. I think Grant's a really good program. Like I said, I think it was last week, Grant. I looked into Grant after they beat McQueen. They have a couple Power Five guys, uh, a couple guys that that are you know verbal, you know have a bunch of offers, haven't committed anywhere. So they they got some dudes, and uh, I just think it's going to be too much for for Reno to handle. Lynn, I believe Brady is hedging his picks as he picked McQueen two weeks ago. Um, Grant is uh, Grant's playing a big game, but this is also a big game for the Huskies as they thought they were coming out with the win last week. How do they get back on track, Lynn? I don't know if they really understand who or what they are as a team yet. You know, are they are they a team that's going to spread it out and lay air out the ball? Are they going to feed the running backs and just chew yardage up, shorten the game out in that way? The Huskies have to figure out what they want to be on offense. 
Yeah, we've seen we've seen uh, statistically what Hayden Park has done this year, and completion percentage is up there. But when you're looking at the downfield passes, not quite the case. Um, Lynn, if you had to pick a team, are you going to go with Grant? Oh well, I would love to see Reno go down there and get the win, but after what they did to the the Lancers, yeah, I have to go with Grant. Got it. And I am going Grant. Um, I'm going to go, let's go 35-21. So we move into our next game. Now this is going to be interesting because we're going to backtrack a little on the list that I sent Brady and Lynn. But the reason for this all is this morning I get a text from Jim Krajewski of the RGJ. We've got two rescheduled games for this week due to heat. I haven't seen that in been a while if it has ever happened here in northern nevada um i mean we usually deal with smoke this time of year smoke but no heat (laughs) now the douglas tigers and the mcqueen lancers are going to play on saturday but they're playing it saturday at 10 a.m uh tigers are one and one lancers oh and two uh we'd love to encourage you all to get out to the mcqueen uh football stadium and just see what they have to offer uh, Brady, any thoughts on this game as we have two Northern Nevada teams? Yeah, I think this I think this is going to be a really good game. I think uh, it changes dynamics a little bit when you're playing at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning uh, opposed to Friday night lights a little bit. Uh, but I think uh, Douglas coming off a tough loss down in Vanden, that was a really good team. McQueen's kind of backs against the wall for them uh, with the 0-2 start. They've had some tough games. Some tough competition. So, you know, right now this is this could be a game of the week too uh, in the northern Nevada area for us. But uh, I have McQueen winning this game. I think McQueen. I think it's the same situation kind of as Bishop Minogue. I think McQueen's got a lot of good players. Uh, got a good staff up there. They're going to prepare them. But they're they're up against they're up against the wall with the O2 start. Same as Minogue. I think they come out and they get their first win of the year. Win. Yeah, Mike, I agree. If you can go out to the game Saturday morning and do so, the view from that stadium, as you see a good chunk of the Truckee Meadows, is just such a, it's a great place to watch a game. This is going to be a really good game. Douglas is trying to build something and make a name for themselves in the 5A North. And McQueen is trying to replace Snelling. They're trying to replace Sean Klingler, who's now playing for the University of Nevada. Of course, Ashton Hayes. That's a lot of people to replace right there with just those three guys. But I do agree with Brady. As much as the Tigers want this game and are going to scratch and claw, the Lancers come out on top, I'm going to go 21-14. 21-14. I agree with the score. I don't agree with either of your teams. I believe the Douglas Tigers are going to win this game. Coach Mays is doing something special down there. And outside of the Minden Gardnerville area, not a lot of people know about it. And it's not just Coach Hayes, it's his coaching staff. It's guys like Aiden Flory. It's guys like Rock Geniac. It's guys like uh, Owen Evans. Oh. I mean, you got a you got a ton of guys down there that are just playing to their capability. And I really am excited to see what the Tigers can do this season. Um, I'm I'm going back into the TV booth here in a week with uh, Coach Rippy, and I know 
him and I have exchanged texts and calls all off season talking about this Tiger team, and I expect them to get the win this Saturday morning. We go to our last game on the docket here, um, and this one again was a rescheduled due to heat. Uh, the Marin Catholic Wildcats mm. are coming up to Northern Nevada. They're going to take on the Spanish Spring Cougars, who are one and one. Marin played their first game last week and won it. Brady, do you have any insight on either uh, Marin or Spanish Springs that you want to share? Uh, don't have a ton of stats on this team per se, but Marin Catholic is a solid, solid program in all sports. Uh, being from the Bay Area, uh, familiar with, with Marin Catholic. Bunch of good athletes at that school all the time. Uh, they beat Freedom out of Oakley, California in their first game, 55-29. Freedom is a good program. Freedom's right there next to Antioch. Really good league, good good football, uh, good program. So to win that decisively, 55-29, kind of like I kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Like, oh, they have a good they have a good program, good team this year. Uh, heading to Spanish Springs, like you said, game rescheduled. I have Marin Catholic coming up. I think it's going to be too much to handle for Spanish Springs uh, competition wise uh, with Marin coming up. I think Marin's going to win this game. Now, point of clarification, is this game here or is that a game in California? I have the game as here, but I will double-check that as you give your insight here, Lynn. Well, yeah, Marin is a really good program. If the game's here, I'm definitely going to take the Cougars. I think that they capitalize on that momentum boost they got from beating a good Huskies squad last week. I think that they, they figure out a way to keep the game close and get the win. If they have to travel all the way down there, that's a tougher situation. And I think I would give Marin the boost in that situation. Well, I have it confirmed that Spanish Springs is hosting this game Saturday night. Cougars. What is your score, Lynn? Yeah, for a score, let's go Spanish Springs 27, Marin 25. Whoa, here we go. Fun and exciting games. Uh, one question I did want to pose to both of you. I'm obviously traveling, as as you guys were both athletes, obviously traveling is a big factor. And you're traveling up to northern Nevada, but you're expecting to play Friday night like you usually do. Having a game rescheduled to a Saturday night, I don't know if they had to stay in the hotel an extra night or if they are delaying their, their uh, travel up here, but... How do those how do those speed bumps uh, change your preparation during the week? I open that up to both of you. Yeah, I mean, just travel's hard. Period. When whenever you got to play, I mean, uh, I played a long time in baseball. Uh, travel days, we'd get we our record probably wasn't great on travel days in AAA and AA when we'd be flying and play that day. That's just it's just a wrinkle and it's just not. It's just not normal. You're always throwing kind of a wrinkle in there. Coaches will tell you if they, you know, have to go down to Vegas and it's a bus ride down and it's eight and a half hours. It, it just it just throws a wrinkle in it. it just it's just not the norm. So you got to work through it. You got to kind of have preparation plan stuff like that. But it definitely you know and then you know home field. You know what I mean? Spanish Spanish Springs definitely gonna have a better shot of, of playing good against Marin and having their home fans there. They're sleeping in their own bed. They're not driving four and a half hours down there. So 
it all comes into play, but and, and that's what you've seen with McQueen. McQueen has traveled and played tough teams and been on buses, and that's why they, you know, now they get a home game. It's probably going to help them out. Yeah, you know, routine is so important, and when you break that routine and you're sleeping somewhere else, and you don't know where the locker room is and the route to take from the locker room to the field, and you're warming up somewhere else, and then the environmental factors can really be a factor sometimes. You know, growing up in Colorado. You know, we had to play sometimes the Denver Metro teams. We would go play teams up in the mountains. And all of a sudden, you're going from 5,280, 5,280 feet above sea level to 7,500. And you would definitely feel the difference. There was a game at Pagosa Springs, I remember. We were rotating nonstop. Damani Ranch played Edison down in Fresno a few years ago. And our kickoff, I think it was 99 degrees, and the humidity was just off the charts. And the Edison guys were used to that because that's that's where they live. That's where they play. The Damani Ranch guys were coming off the sideline just beat red. The uh, team managers are putting ice towels, wet towels on their backs and on their heads and on their shoulders. Coaches were calling for hydration breaks. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into whether you're, where you're playing and how that impacts your, your ability to play. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you have Marins coming up playing Spanish Springs. It's, you know – 4,500 feet or whatever at, you know, so definitely going to, you know, advantage for the home team there, you know, but that's why, you know, these colleges and high schools, you know, they play big games away and then you get the big game at home and that's why they do that. We have uh, the prediction. Lynn Alt said Spanish Springs was going to win that one, 27-25. I'm going Marin Catholic, 28-24. I think uh, mm-hmm. the Cougars have a great team this year, but we talked about it earlier on the show. Those, that those teams that are in the California rankings from like a hundred to two hundred, or maybe even a hundred to three hundred, you know, it, it's it's sometimes a coin toss with how do they compete against a team out of Northern Nevada. So, uh, Lynn, yeah, and you got to put it, you gotta, and you got to put it in perspective in terms of like just Northern Nevada and the amount of teams we're talking about nine exactly. teams that we're talking about and. If you're, you know, if you're 79th in California, uh, I don't know who in the North would be 79th in California. You know what I mean? So when you look at it like that and the listeners, it's like, you know, that, you know, my company, we have a GM like myself. I'm at the NIA, but we have the CIF and I, uh, the GM there, Megan, uh, total good stat on a meeting we had last week that California has more athletes than all of the NCA combined all levels. Mm. So there's more high school athletes in the state of California than the NCA combined division one, two, three, and NIA and all that stuff. So uh, it's pretty remarkable when you think about that and the amount of kids. We move into our second to last segment here. Um, actually third to last rather. We're going to pick a what game would be our battle of the week? Uh, I'll let Brady go, Lingo, and then I'll tell you what I would have, and then we'll name a battle of the week based on our three. Uh, I think I kind of already kind of let it slip, but my battle of the week would be Bishop Minogue at Reed. Lynn? I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm really excited about that Douglas-McQueen matchup, so that would be my battle of the week. You know, I, I'm really excited about that one, too. And that, I think, is my selection. Um, I'm going to 
I had some some things that I had already planned for Saturday morning, but uh, of course we always got to tune into the Michigan game. Uh, Cade McNamara, everybody's got to follow him from Northern Nevada. But um, we, I, I think I'm going to have to make some adjustments to my plans. And Brady, as much as I love that Reed Minot game, and we will have coverage of that one, whether it's us or getting it from Jim Krajewski or whatever. But I think I'm going out to McQueen. Saturday morning and we're going to watch and see if the Tigers can put on a show uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with that one on Battle of the Week So both Lynn, those are tremendous games absolutely yeah. and Lynn Brady had the privilege last week before week two's games results happened uh, he got to do his top five I gave you some homework I want to hear what the Lynn Alt top five power rankings looks like right now Absolutely. Top of the heap. Number one, Spanish Springs Cougars. That was a possibly a season-defining victory last week over the Huskies. I think that they're going to build momentum, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. Coming in number two, the Bishop Minogue Miners. Love what Coach Hiron's doing. They're stacked on both sides of the ball. That 0-2 start, that's because they've played tremendous competition. There's nobody in the North that would be anything other than 0-2 having played those two teams. Sitting at number three, here come the Homer Chance, the Damani Ranch Mustangs. I think that they're going to get better and they're going to prove where they're at. And I have a hard time believing anybody would have beat those two teams as well. Number four, I've got the Reed Raiders. And I think that we're going to see how good they are this week with that Minogue Minor matchup. And then uh, number five, the Reno Huskies. Brady, any takeaways from that list in comparison to yours last week? No, I mean, it, it, it is uh, it kind of fluid right now, you know, like uh, Spanish Springs, you know, they had a big win last week, you know, prior to that, they you know, lost on the road, you know, so it's just kind of fluid. I think I think when it all washes out, I think that uh, Bishop Minogue will be at the top. Spanish Springs will be at the top, kind of like what Lynn said. Uh, there's some wild cards in there, like can Damani get healthy? You know, how, how good is Douglas? Does McQueen bounce back? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that's early. So, you know, it's kind of like the college football pools right now, you know. It's like they'll they'll have a team up there at six or seven, and they won't finish in the top 25. That's just the way it is. And there's a lot of teams that aren't ranked that are going to finish in the top 15. So it's just so early right now. Uh, and a lot of the teams have played out of state, like, like Lynn was saying, uh, you know, Minogue would be oh, – anybody in the north would be 0-2 against who Minogue played. Uh, same with, like, going down to Bakersfield and playing Liberty like Spanish Springs did. I mean, that's – they're a great program. It's like – so some of these losses aren't indicative of how their seasons are going to go, and that's what the preseason and kind of non-league games are all about. And uh, so we'll see what happens. Sometimes I think this is just the best. Oh. Hey, my, yeah, yeah, just let me say, I think this is the best non-conference scheduling I've ever seen in the north. For sure. I said that to Michael the other day because, I mean, I, I just remember even when my son was playing and I was more associated just because they were there. But, you know, the, playing teams from L.A. and playing, you know, I, I, I remember just six, seven, eight years ago, no team traveled to Vegas to start the year or Vegas teams didn't come up here to start the year. You know, there were some teams going over. I know Damani was always good about going over and playing someone uh, over the hill, you know, uh, and, and I was always like, why don't we do that more? Why don't we do that more? Now they are, which is great. I mean, to see the schedule, I was excited about it because I'm like, 
that's the way it should be. But Marin Catholic coming to Spanish Springs, you didn't see that stuff, you know, six, seven, eight, ten years ago. You didn't see that at all. And I think it's only going to benefit the kids because they're going to see this, you know, there's some talent, that, you know, in California. There's some talent down in Vegas, some stronger competition in the middle of California. So they're getting to play those teams, which I think only benefits them. Now, great top five, and we always got to see how things shake out. I, I personally would flip Damani Ranch and Reno, Lynn. Nothing against uh, the Mustangs. They're a great team, but I think the Huskies, we talked about those records not being indicative. Um, but you always got to see how things shake out. I mean, you know, we reference our favorite, I know, between the three of us, our favorite inside joke. Uh, there's a certain quarterback battle that we got to see how it plays out up in Ann Arbor. Uh, Brady is going to play the role of host coming up. Uh, Lynn and I have come up with three athletes that we have loved, whether, whether it be statistically or just have seen. And then three athletes, not that they're doing terrible right now, but just we expected a little bit more and we think that they're going to get back on track later in the year. So Brady, um, yeah, so take it away. So, Lynn, uh, like Michael was saying, so we're looking for three athletes that you've seen this year, football players, statistically love so far, or you just, you know, you've seen them and you're like, hey, that's going to be a game. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to mention that. Well, number one, I got to go with Drew Vargas over to Money Ranch. Uh, he did get injured in that week one matchup with Escalon. But prior to exiting the game with an injury, he did have six catches, caught up a good chunk of yards. In addition, he completed two passes. And he was on kick return, and he was playing defense, and he just is an electric player anytime he's near the ball. Now, he does have a, an ankle injury, a lower leg injury. He's not going to be back this week, hopefully next week for a big showdown with the Reed Raiders. The second player I'd like to mention, uh, his last name is Strunk, and he's a running back for the Wooster Colts. He is an old-school guy, man. He had grizzlies hanging off of him. I mean, he was just clawing and crawling and scratching for yards last week. He also plays linebacker for them. I was really impressed with him. If you took that guy and you put him on one of the 5A North squads, he would be definitely a standout player. And then got to go with Kermode for the Galena Grizzlies. He is off to a great start, and he scored a touchdown. And, you know, you hear the Riot Squad chanting, he's only a sophomore. I mean, it's really exciting to see what he's done as a sophomore and what he's capable of doing the rest of the year and the next two years here in the North. Michael, what about you? So you you mentioned a receiver that's first name was Drew. Uh, I'm going with the guy out of Reno, Drew Dutton. Let me, let me just rattle off these stats for you because I think they're impressive. He's got... In two games, he's got 12 catches. Okay, that can, you know, pretty good. 228 yards, so he's 100-plus in both games. And he's got three touchdowns. But if I told you you average that all out, he's got 19 yards per reception. I mean, those are the averages anybody wants as a receiver. Uh, leading guy here in the north. Love what he's doing. Expect more from that guy, uh, Coach Allen. Had nothing but great things to say about him when we talked in our countdown to kickoff series. Second guy, um, we're looking at Spencer Fireball. He's got three touchdowns, two games, 30 carries, 212 yards, um, 7.1 yards per carry. So he's 
he talked about he talked to us early in the preseason about working on his speed in the off season and taking it to the next gear to where hey I may only get a three yard pickup last year but I want to get a five yard pickup this year well he's averaging seven point one through two games so can't say enough about the kid and he's not letting size define him he's a smaller kid but hey sometimes those smaller kids can get past those big linemen and uh, fit through holes that not always are there uh, I and I'm gonna cheat a little bit Brady I've actually got four that I love my third one quarterback I love this guy uh, got to talk to him before the season coach cook said I'm not giving you the keys to the car um, I'm not naming you the starting quarterback. You're going to have to compete for it, even though you had the role last year. Ben Primka, he didn't only compete for it. He didn't only win the job. He's got five touchdowns. He's got no interceptions. He's already thrown for 357 yards in two games. And that uh, he's only growing. I mean, yes, Galena has played some competition that that they're, they're going to see a little bit better competition as the year goes along. But I, I think that's a good start and can really help his morale going into this year and just getting better each and every week. And then my last guy, I was going with four here, uh, Cole Smalley out of Douglas. Coach Mays, you know, talked about the Douglas way in that community. And I say the last name Smalley, that's a Douglas guy through and through. He's had family members go to Douglas, graduate, but he's making a name for himself. He had 40 total tackles so far. He's got an interception. He's got a forced fumble. I mean, what more do you want out of a guy? And we're talking about a Douglas team that, yes, they had a good game uh, against the Vikings, the Argonaut Vikings, but or Argonaut Mustangs, rather. But then the Vanden Vikings, they had a so-so game. They didn't get a ton of scoring in that game. But Cole Smalley still left his mark on the game. So I love, I love those four guys. Thanks, Michael. That good insight there on some top players in the North right now after a couple weeks. Uh, Lynn, who, who's somebody you're expecting to, to stick right now is maybe not the top of the leaderboard in passing or receiving, but who, who will be there at the end of the year who you think is just a quality player and is going to put up the numbers? Nice. Um, Jet Norman, he hasn't played for the Damani Ranch Mustangs yet. Uh, he, he had a collarbone issue, or I'm sorry, shoulder issue. Uh, he should be back this week. You know, he's exciting on both sides of the ball. He's a wide receiver, he's a defensive back, and he's a kick returner. So he can play in all three phases of the game. Once that guy comes back, he's going to start putting up some really exciting numbers for the Mustangs and give them something that they have been sorely lacking thus far. Uh, I want to see more assists over at Galena, man. Get that guy the ball. Feed him. He's a good running back, and he's a great linebacker. I think that he's going to pile up some really good numbers for the Grizzlies this year. And then the third one, you know, I got to go with Legrone over at McQueen because having lost Robbie, having lost Ashton, they need a playmaker. They need someone who's going to say, get me the ball. I don't care if it's as a running back, uh, a kick returner, quarterback. Put him in, get him the ball, and let's see what he can do with it. Michael, what are your thoughts? So I've got three guys. And I'm going to start with a guy who's put up good numbers so far, but I just expect him not only to keep putting up good numbers, but take it to the next level. A guy I really admired in our preseason podcast, our Countdown to Kickoff series, Marco Cashi. 
uh, out of Spanish Springs. Uh, he has 23 tackles, and that's actually fourth um, in the tackle rankings here in Northern Nevada. I think the thing about Marco is he's a well-grounded young man. Um, he, he really has a knack for finding the ball on defense. He's one of those linebackers that just – he, he makes his teammates better when he's on the field, and that's why Coach Hummel plays them both ways. Uh, Marcos should have a great year, and like I said, he's fourth in the rankings. Don't be shocked if when this season ends, he's in the top two. Um, another guy I have, I went out on a limb, and I said he's one of the best receivers we've seen from the area in in our entire my entire time covering high school sports and i still believe it because you look at the traits he's tall he's athletic his hands are great he's got great Mm -hmm. feel for the game marshawn brown out of bishop minogue i still think he can be one of the best receivers to come out of northern nevada i know we have brandon Ayuk. i know we've had the likes of a robert farrell michael spivak uh, I know we've had a lot of great receivers come out of this area. Uh, but I think Marshawn Brown truly could be one of the best. Um, Minogue's had two tough mashups to begin the season, but expect him to have a good breakout game against uh, Reed. And I, I truly believe he's got all the intangibles to get it done. And then my last guy here for you, um, as I said when we were breaking down the games, Hayden Parga makes a lot of very smart throws he you know you look at his completion percentage it's up there uh you look at his yards per attempt it's you know it's average but i think hayden parga now that he's playing northern nevada teams is going to start pushing the agenda and when it's time to get downfield he's going to start throwing the ball a little bit further he's a great great young man uh a great young man of faith he he really has belief in his teammates and you often see from the quarterback position, uh, is this guy too cocky, egotistical? Is he is he have too much bravado? No, Hayden Park is the right guy to lead the Huskies this year, and those are my top three that we'll see more from this year. And we are going to actually finish off the podcast on that note. Um, I'm going to let Brady and Lynn uh, kind of close it off with any final comments, and then we'll we'll say goodbye. Brady? Yeah, no, it was nice having you on, Lynn. Appreciate you uh, spending the time with us. It's always fun to do. And, uh, no, I mean, there was uh, good games last week. I think we got some great matchups this week. Just hope everyone goes out and supports the kids and and, uh, enjoys the games. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, you guys. Uh, Brady, Michael, thanks for everything you're doing for our Northern Nevada student-athletes, providing coverage for them. You know, a lot of – there didn't used to be this much coverage. And so it's exciting to see what is going on here in Northern Nevada and giving these student athletes the opportunity to get their name out there, get some coverage, pile up some film, Twitter followers, Instagram followers, you know, recruiting is different than it used to be. And these things are all very important now. And so I am, I'm grateful for everything that Battleborn Preps is doing. We appreciate your help as always, Lynn, you've been a huge part in not just Imani coverage. You covered Galena last week. Uh, you know, just a key member to our organization. And you guys hit on it. Uh, there's so many stories out there. I mean, we talked about the Taylor Taylor twins over at Reed. We talked about the Smalley family that's been through Douglas for years. We talked about the 
tradition of Damani Ranch? Will it continue with a great coach like Coach Greg? How is Ernie Howring going to handle that comeback to Reed? These are all stories that we feel that need to be covered, and we appreciate not only our coverage, RGJ, Nevada Sportsnet, 2-8, uh, 4, all of them just hitting it the way that we try to hit it, and we try to give our players a voice, and uh, we appreciate all the Brady, Lynn, we appreciate everybody uh, coming out. And one last note, we know it's going to be warm this weekend. We're, we're looking at 100-degree days. But please, please, please go out and support your high school athletes. Uh, they, they're, they're putting it out there on the field, not just on Fridays, not just on Saturdays, but practice days. They're giving it their all, and these are the years that matter to them. So please get out there, whether it be a Saturday morning, a Saturday evening, Friday night. We'll be tweeting the scores so you'll have full coverage. And that is our week three predictions, week two recap. And that is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Reeves, alongside Brady Raggio. Lynn Alt, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast. <laughs>